0: Well, good morning. I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Tri's Talk Minipod for Sunday morning. It's a pre-dawn edition, if you might say. Uh, it's April the 4th, 2021, and um, this is actually Easter Sunday. So uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful Easter today with their family and friends, and and hopefully you'll be able to uh, spend some time with family and friends today. And um, uh, I guess if everybody is is getting their vaccinations, uh, it'll make it easier. But hopefully some of you, especially the ones with kids, will have an opportunity to uh, get out and uh, hunt some Easter eggs today and uh, go to church and do the things that you should be doing on Easter, and that families have enjoyed for years and years. Um, tonight, surprise, surprise, I'm going to do another article from uh, Mike Huckabee's newsletter. This one is from Friday, uh, Friday, April the 2nd. And of course, um, I knew a couple of days ago when I was going to do these back-to-back shows, that um, I would be using some Huckabee articles just because of some things that he's put out this week that are so important and so uh, uh, insightful to what's going on in the country right now. And he really, uh, along with, you know, some of the other articles that he references, it really resonates with everything that's wrong right now in this country. And so I'm going to use this. Last night I was talking about um, the uh, some measures that are being taken by the school board in California trying to um, really further screw up the school systems out there and, and mess with the minds of the kids. Tonight I'm going to uh, talk about uh, this article that Huckabee wrote. Uh, it's concerning... Um, Partially it's concerning an interview that was done with a Russian uh I believe he was an intelligence officer but he defected from Russia back in the 80s and moved to Canada escaped to Canada and he did an did an interview and it doesn't really say whether, who it was with if it was um an American uh, company uh news company or if it was done in Canada not not really sure but anyway, it's even though it's uh, gosh, what would you say about almost thirty years old? It's amazing. Now, I I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's about thirteen minutes long. But uh, the part that I'm going to play for you, it's it's amazing how spot on some of the things that he's saying. You can relate it to things that have been going on in the country for a number of years, especially in California but also what has just exploded in, I'd say, pretty much the last year. I mean, a lot of this stuff started going on, uh, you know, when the government found out it had the power to shut the country down because of COVID. And um, so that, it's, I think it's insightful. I'm only going to play about uh, five minutes of it. Uh, but I'll give you some information. So if you want to listen to the rest of it, you can. But um, so basically right now, all you have to do is really watch 15 minutes of any newscast and, and just know that as a country, we're in real trouble. Now, Democrats want to tell you that if we support their policies and just listen to them they're going to fix everything and they're going to make america a wonderful place to live and it's going to be just just a utopia for everyone that's what they say on the surface but they know in their heart and this this is this is the hard thing they know in their heart that they're lying to the american people they know in their heart that there's still always going to be those people who have nothing little or nothing There's always going to be people on the bottom. There's never going to be a huge uh, transfer to where everybody is just living the way they would like to live. There's always going to be an upper class. There's always going to be a ruling class, if you will, if you want to call it that. Um, The powerful, the rich. And then there's going to be the rest of us. But There's still going to be people way on the bottom that just have nothing. Um, So I know it's hard to admit, and it's even hard to believe that that is really the truth of the matter. But um, it used to be that we talked about things that liberals do have the potential of doing to destroy our country. But now we've moved completely away from the potential and are in a full blown destructive mode. I mean, and liberal, liberals, that's, it's hard to say at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, liberals are beginning to pick up speed in an effort to do as much as they can. I think they really think that there's a chance that Republicans can take back some power next year in the 2022 election. Uh, and I, I truly believe that their urgency is that they get as much done. And maybe even if they can get HR 1 passed, that they can prevent. Republicans from ever having any sort of power again. Anyway, tonight I'm, I'm going to share Huckabee's take on what's happening as well as a portion of a, uh, it's an audio, I mean, it was a video, you actually can watch it if you go to a couple of sites, but I'm going to play the audio from that interview, about five minutes of it, and Huckabee notes that he found this video on Dan Bongino's podcast, which uh, those of you who watch Fox news a lot or the Fox channel. Um, you'll see Dan Bongino is, is on there quite a bit. I think he's even on that Fox nation, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, Dan Bongino, like a lot of us have uh, started podcast in, in recent times. So he, he brought this subject up and played this um, video or the audio on his podcast. Um, Like I said, I'm only going to play about five minutes of it. uh, And it's a 13 minute interview. Um, It was taped in the 1980s and it features a former KGB. Okay. Uh, I think I misspoke that a minute ago, but it's a former KGB propagandist. Who defected to Canada in the 1980s? His name is Yuri Besmanov, and I, I swear that name sounds awfully familiar. Um, but like I said earlier, the audio doesn't really identify the person interviewing Besmanov, but uh, uh, let's just assume that it was done in Canada. Uh, you can actually see the video itself on YouTube if you want uh, to try to look it up after uh you listen to this podcast, you may want to listen to the entire uh interview with Bezmanov. And um uh, it it's it's interesting. It's interesting and it's scary because it's so so much describes what's going on in the country today. And Bezmanov actually says, you know, there's a plan. It was a plan that Russia had and um maybe even to some extent, China had back in the day, this is how they take over their enemies countries. So, uh, I think the first thing I'm going to do is, um, I'm going to play the interview. Let me pull that up here. If you bear with me a second and, um, We'll listen to that first, and then we'll go into, um, you know, uh, Huckabee's summary of the article and and making his own comments that he usually does. Let's see if I can get this. With it never starts in the right place. You spoke several times
1: before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that. Uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, overt, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There's no mystery. There's nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising, probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond-type of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of intelligence at all. According to my opinion, and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, No one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided into four basic stages. Uh, The first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result? The result you can see. Most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind. Even if if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people, you you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded, and 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 uh, common common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of the united states society and yet these people who have been programmed and as you say in place and yes. who are favorable to an opening with the soviet concept mm-hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country most of them yes uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when when they will see in future what the what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, obviously they will revolt. They, 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 will, uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people. And the Marxist Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they obviously they will join the links of dissenters, dissidents. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can, you can get uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. This they don't understand, and uh, it will be the greatest shock for them, of course. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already uh, for the last 25 years. Actually, it's over fulfilled because demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camps, he will refuse to believe it until he he is going to receive a kick in the in his fat bottom when a military boot crashes his. Then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization.
0: I hope you could understand. Uh, most of what he was saying there, um, you know, the accent sometimes made some of the words a little bit difficult, but the, the first time I listened to it was earlier this evening. And I, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing that somebody had said this that many years ago. And, you know, we've had people telling us this for a number of years that we, you know, and and, and every time that Republicans or conservatives have brought up this issue of communism and fighting back and so forth. We've always been laughed at by the, by the left and, and um, you know, Democrats saying, you know, you know, Republicans are making this stuff up. They're trying to scare you from supporting the freedoms that we want to bring to this country. So, I mean, if you really listen to what he just said, it should scare you. Because he was right, he knew what he was talking about. if he and everything that he described has happened in this country, which would mean he must have known what he was talking about, and the things that he said were actually occurring. So um, anyway that's that's an interesting interview and if you want to hear the rest of it i think there's another eight minutes of it if you go to youtube um it may be under yuri Besmanov uh interview kgb propagandist uh i think it's 19 it just says 1980s and you may be able to um to listen to all of it or you can actually uh, like i said uh, you can um, sign up for huckabee's newsletter and there's a link on Hunkybee's newsletter uh, if you go to this particular article, and it will take you to that whole interview. All right, let me kick my little music in here, my background that I've been using. Um, try not to put you to sleep. All right, so now I'm going to get into the article itself, and um, that took took a little bit of time, so I'll try to speed this up so this won't be uh, one of my longer uh, mini-pods. Anyway, this is how Mike Huckabee feels about why facts no longer matter to those in power. Mike goes on to say, It's sad but true. Some of the most well-educated people in America are so doggone dumb and so thoroughly brainwashed that we can argue the facts till we're blue in the face and it will have no effect on them at all. Well, that's one of the things that Yuri was talking about. People in this country can be presented with the facts right in front of their face and they'll ignore them. You'll tell them that white is white and they'll ignore it or argue with you. So Huckabee goes on to say, fortunately, you and I still have some functioning brain cells. So let's look at what Brezhmanov is saying. He's talking about how communists subvert American ideology in a totally non sneaky way. It's right in front of us. All Americans have to do is unplug their bananas from their ears and it will be obvious. Not quite sure what the bananas in the ear thing is. Um, in the 80s, I don't think we had earbuds. Uh, but anyway. It's not like James Bond and the spy-themed entertainment that he says Americans are so enamored of that sell more deodorants. Most of what our enemies are doing is not spy stuff, he says, and has nothing to do with intelligence at all. Only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is used for espionage. The rest is part of a very slow brainwashing process. Like the long game. I was talking about being played in California schools the other day that they call ideological subber- subversion. They have another name for it as well, active measures. It's psycholo- psycho looks like psychological warfare. The goal is to change Americans' perception of reality so thoroughly that despite an abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. Does that not sound like today? I mean, what's going on today with the media with all the lies and misrepresentations about the new Georgia voting law? I mean, the president of the United States stands up there and lies about it. He's been called on it, and he still spews the same thing. But this is an example of what Besmanov was saying almost uh, 40 years ago. So Huckabee goes on saying, bingo, ding-a-ling-ding-ding-ding. <laughs> we, we are entering that place right now. Besmanov breaks the process down into four stages. The first stage is demoralization. Communists have this down to a science, Bezanov says. It takes about 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. That's the length of time it takes to educate our gener- you know, one generation to expose them to the ideology of the enemy. Well, when did they start doing that in this country? I'm straying off the article again. Uh, we know they started doing it well over 10 years ago. Um, and it may have been longer than that in California was probably one of the first places in the country and maybe some of the schools back in the east but um, so you know that's already been in process for some time so back to the article he says that in America Marxist Leninist ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of American patriotism. It's now being done mostly by Americans to Americans. I mean, really think about it. Um, Patriotism is not as important as it used to be. I mean, it's actually uh, being assaulted in this country. Now, the American flag, uh, our patriotic values that we've held It's being replaced by words like racism, racist, and our founding fathers were racist. I would add that, ironically, many are getting hugely rich by doing so on books and workshops about critical race theory. We talked about that last night. And class and gender equality. We talk about that quite often as well. The result half-baked intellectuals in their 60s who are now in positions of power, government, civil service, business, mass media, and education. You are stuck with them, Besmanov says. These people are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli, he adds. The process is complete and irreversible. They have their own perception and their own logic. You cannot change their mind, even if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is black. And again, look at what the things that are being said today. And the left refuses to accept any intelligent conversation Even if I take a program by force to the Soviet Union and show him a concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. And he's talking about taking somebody who is so ingrained in, in those ideals that are so anti-American, he could take him to uh, Russia and show him places that he, you know, and this person would not believe it or these people wouldn't believe it. They would make excuses for it, just like they make excuses. People on the left, liberals, many Democrats. And again, when I say Democrat, I, I say liberals more often than Democrats, because I know there are good Democrat people in this country. But since there is no way to reach these people, he says, the only way out of this mess is to bring up a new generation that is well-versed in American values. And his message to us listening in the 21st century surely is this, that it took a long time to get here, and it's going to take a long time to get out. So you need to start now. He says that when those useful idiot Americans experience with shock what it is like to be trapped within the real Marxist-Leninism, there will be a revolt, but rebellion will be put down. There will be no place for dissent, he says. Dissenters will be squashed like cockroaches. Destabilization, Besmanov says, this process can take just two to five years. The enemy concentrates on essentials, economy, foreign relations, and defense systems. They eliminate the principles of free market competition. How often do we hear that demonized in the country? And cozy up to Marxist-Leninist powers. He says that when he first came to America, he would never have believed the great success Marxist-Leninist would achieve in these areas. Imagine how stunned he would be if he could be here now. Besmanov died in 1993. Crisis is number three. This leads into a radical changeover of structure, power, and economy, and typically takes up to six weeks. Only six weeks, he's saying. Well, haven't we had a radical changeover in power in the last several months? It actually began last year, but before Trump was actually voted out of office. But we're having a radical changeover in the structure of this country and the economy, certainly. And the Democrats want to uh, radicalize that change even more. Number four is normalization. He's using this word cynically as in Soviet propaganda. That's when the tanks roll in as they did in Czechoslovakia and the new rulers said, the situation was normalized. The government really has become Big Brother, and those in charge function pretty much like benevolent dictators. I would add that they're benevolent as long as everyone goes along and racks up the required number of social credits. Does that not sound like Democrats today? I mean, if if you go along with Democrats today, liberals today, And do what they ask you to do, or tell do what they tell you you need to be doing. You're fine. They'll leave you alone. But if you raise your hand and ask the wrong question, or or if you stand up and raise your voice, they want to destroy you. They want to destroy you. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis. They will do it by promising all kinds of goodies and paradise on earth. We've been at war, he says, an undeclared total war initiated by the world communist system, or call it a world communist conspiracy. We must turn this process around because this is the last refuge of freedom. And unlike him, we will have no place to defect to. That is, unless we want to live in Antarctica with the penguins. So what has to happen? The first essential is a very strong national effort to educate children in American values and patriotism and teach them the real danger posed by socialist communist ideology. If young people fail to grasp this, he says, nothing ever can help the United States. Fortunately, he says, at least part of the American population gets what is happening, and they have to force their government to stop aiding communism. This effort has to go beyond the typical letters and petitions, he says, because there is no other problem as burning and urgent. At the time of this interview, Besmanov is warning about the murders in the Soviet Union, which did implode soon after... Uh, Ronald Reagan was president. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. As we look at what is happening in our country and world today, this is back to what Huckabee saying, his warning applies to the growing power of China, particularly American businesses' dependence on that market and the global communist system. If China and Russia ally themselves, our situation is even more dicey. Bezanoff says we're at war, though many don't realize it, and we have precious little time to save ourselves and future generations. The priority now? Our education system. Whether or not you have kids in school, you're in this fight, and it is a fight. Readers ask me all the time what we can do. Start here. That goes double for folks in California. Become an activist. Run for school board if you can and support strong candidates. Make demands. See that the woke go broke. We have no choice but to make our classrooms and our culture back. Take it back, I should say. So that's the end of Huckabee's article. And I really like this article and would like to recommend that you subscribe to Huckabee's daily news Uh, Letters, like I said earlier, they are free. And as I've said a number of times before, there are many links within his uh, articles that he does that will take you to the original article. And you can uh, look at them as well. And many times they'll have audio or video with them that you can watch. But I hope you got something out of that audio that I played earlier. I, I just think it's eerie that Besmanov told us what the communists would do to take over this country, especially regarding education. And I have been spending a lot of time lately warning you about how radicals are hijacking our schools and our universities, and we let them do it. I mean, we've been talking about uh, you know liberalism in in uh, universities for years, and not. What probably in the last couple of years we we keep hearing these news stories about uh, liberal campuses that uh, shun conservatives and there's been some instances where um, you know conservatives have invited conservative speakers to the universities to talk to them and liberals have shut them down or in one case I can't remember who it was that was doing the speaking uh, but. Liberals showed up to the um, to the event and booed and hissed and interfered with the speech because they didn't want to hear it. They don't think that, or obviously, I mean, because I'm not in their head, but obviously, they don't think any other voices should be heard but theirs. They're afraid of conservative voices. Because they're afraid that people it might make sense to people. Otherwise, if you're not afraid of speech, someone else's speech, then there's no reason to stop it. That's that was the, one of the wonders of this country that people could be here and actually speak the, their their voice. Now that's not to say it always happened everywhere. There's always been pockets in this country. There's always been people who try to shut somebody else down for. Disagreeing with them, but by and large, you know, this country, you could speak freely, but now, now, if you're a conservative, you face opposition all the time. People do not want you to be heard. They don't want you to infect somebody else with these ideals of freedom and rights. You know, they they harp about rights all the time, but they're really only talking about the right for them to control everything that you do, for them to make every decision in your life. But it's funny what uh, one of the things that Besmanov said and what he was saying, you know, that five minute interview was that all these people that, over the years that have been making it their lifelong goal to try to influence people in this country to move towards you know uh, a socialist government, a communist if you will type government those people would be silenced under a socialist government. They wouldn't have the freedom to speak their mind. You know, over these years, you know, it's always been pretty much aimed at, you know, conservatism and Republicans, those evil Republicans. But I'm sure there's other issues that they have as well that may not necessarily be directed straight at Republicans. Well, if this country were to go socialist or communist, even they wouldn't have a voice anymore. And they would find out that all these things that they were fighting for, that they were trying to push on this country, is actually going to end their roles. It's amazing. So the question is really not what we have done in the past. But what are we going to do now? Are we going to sit here? and let all this transpire without some kind of pushback? I sincerely hope not. I have no intention of not pushing back. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, and I appreciate you spending some time with me again on Minipod. Uh, Please don't forget that, It is Sunday, and uh, we have another episode of Trice Talk, and it will be live tonight with myself, Dennis Lee, and Eric Kirk. Uh, We'll be on at 11 p.m. Eastern time, and we hope that everybody will uh, join us tonight. Of course, it's a politics night, and uh, we always try to start the week out with, um, you know, I mean, and there's so much to talk about right now, right? So there will be no shortage of uh, political issues tonight. And we may even talk about some of the event in Washington, D.C. that occurred uh, on Friday. So um, for now, I'm Donald Wayne. And uh, thanks for listening to Minipod and hope to see you tonight. Stay safe, everybody. (laughs) and have a great Easter.